Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado, Colorado's premier outdoor radio show heard every Saturday afternoon on KLZ 560 with insights on hunting, fishing, archery, guns, and ammo from Colorado's top outfitters featuring the industry's leading experts on how to enhance your experience in the great outdoors. Now, here's your host, Scott Watley. Good afternoon and welcome to Sportsman of Colorado Radio. We appreciate you being with us today. A beautiful day here in the Mile High City, and again, we want to thank you for being with us. We've got a jam-packed show for you today, a little later, when Eubank's going to join us from Colorado Outdoor Sports, and we'll talk about a, a great hunting program here. If you're looking for places to hunt, uh, Wynn has a great program with Colorado Outdoor Sports. Also, we're going to check in live with Aaron Casey down at the Tanner Gun Show, Phoenix Weaponry, and um, also a little later, Mr. Warren Cotts is going to join us, and Warren is with the page Hunting in Colorado on Facebook. Facebook, and uh, we're going to talk about um, some things, some safety in the woods and different things there. And uh, But we're going to kick it off with our good friend Russ Pruitt. I was just in Red Lodge, Montana, and um, Russ and I did a little bit of hunting up there, so I wanted to bring Russ on and kind of talk about our few days. So, Russ, thanks for being with us, sir. It's good to be with you, bro, Scott. All right, man. Hey, um, boy, good time beautiful place and i know this is sportsman of colorado but i have to say man you live in a great spot and a beautiful place there in the bear tooth mountains in red lodge yes sir yes sir it, was gorgeous. <laughs> it is well you know i wanted to get you on and we'll talk about our things a little bit but i want to start off today's show with the recent events of last weekend and i was just mentioning this on john's show on drive radio um, but a friend of mine mark upton uh, was a guide there in Wyoming, and I uh, was guiding an archery hunt, and um, I don't want to take the time to go through the whole story, but basically they, they took an elk, uh, couldn't find it the first night uh, there after they took it, went back the next morning, which was Saturday, I believe, and um, it came upon the elk, and uh, nothing had been on it as far as bears or anything, and uh, I started processing that. A couple of mm. grizzly bears uh, attacked them, and uh, Mark lost his life, and uh, the client... Uh, that had done the archery hunt um, did make it out safely but you know you and I talked about this a lot while we were hunting I mean boy we've been doing this a long time and you never think it's going to happen to you but it seems like bears are extremely active right now and as of late as this morning you sent me a text and tell me your son-in-law had a bear after him a little bit so yeah talk talk just a little bit about you know what this means to you and as far as just awareness of all of us need to have out in the woods well, as we and you both was talking, uh, you know, just thinking about that family and as well with my son-in-law who, who always thought that, uh, you know, it's not going to happen to me. You know, I'm, I'm all good without having to carry anything, but, uh, just so happened with him going this, this morning, he took his pistol and come to reality that it does happen. It could happen in a, in a split second. That's the thing. Um, and so that makes us think that we, we're not just out there just to hunt or we want to come back home to our families. Sure. That's, that's the main thing. Uh, we got a family. We also, but there's people that just think that, well, we ought not be out there, but this is something we enjoy doing. It's something fun. Sad part about it. There's a guy now in Billings hospital that wasn't even hunting. He was just going up the mountain to go fishing and was attacked by a grizzly. Uh, so um, don't ever think that it can't happen. 
Um, it could it could happen in a split second, and you don't even have to be out in the here in Red Lodge. You don't even have to be sure. up in the mountains. The grizzly comes down here, mm-hmm. so um, man, it, it's just a matter of staying uh, aware and be prepared always to look around. Don't don't just walk and take your eyes off of things. So. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you had your bear spray with you and, of course, uh, my pistol and all. But I was in uh, one of our stores this morning, the Outdoorsman's Attic, and they had some bear spray. And uh, I got myself a can of that. (laughs) And you know what? I'm just going to make it a part of my uh, equipment, you know, and not not stick it in your backpack where you can't get to it. But have it as ready as you would a firearm. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Just like the guy was telling me this morning at the restaurant, uh, at, uh, last year, a guy was taking a pistol, but then after a while he didn't think he needed it, he put it in the in his backpack. Well, late that evening, a bear attacked him. What good is it in your backpack? Yeah. Uh, man, you, you just got to have it. Uh, you got to have it with you. Sure. And then, you know, it doesn't mean that you're going to maybe stop everything, but at least – you could have something to defend yourself. Yes, absolutely. So, um, well, let's talk. I a think little it bit. opened my son-in-law's eyes. Oh, I guarantee anyway. you, because he was archery hunting, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So he had his and, bow and a pistol. Yep. And a bear at 15 yards. Yep. Wow. And so I think when he when he hollered out real loud with his pistol, if that didn't turn him, he was going to shoot. But like me and you said. <laughs> Sometimes you just don't know. Yeah. Uh, but just just blessed that uh, the bear turned. Sure. Uh, and um, went up the hill instead. Yeah, no so. kidding. Well, we got into some elk. Uh, I was actually doing a bear hunt, and uh, Russ had an archery tag for elk, and we got into some elk, and you've heard uh, Donnell mm-hmm. uh, Johnson, Lisa Thompson on with us, and Wayne Carlton himself, and we took Wayne's uh, decoy out there and uh you can go to native by carlton and check this out and uh now they make up the name for the decoy i do not but if you'll go to that website it's the only decoy on there it's called the butthead and uh but it is an amazing decoy and uh russ i'll let you tell the story from there of what you thought about that decoy phenomenal i even (laughs) showed that picture phenomenal i showed that picture to uh, a couple of guys there at the restaurant this morning they was like wow, that thing looks real. And, you know, from the standpoint when I stood away from it, looking it up the hill, it does. It it looks real as it can be. Um, when we were sitting there just listening for elk, doing calling, trying to – we can hear the herd way down the hill to our left on private property. But I told you, I said, hey, man, I hear horns raking leaves about two, 300 yards in the woods there. And, we just kept chirping here and there, and all of a sudden, he's 200 yards across the field. And you're saying, get that decoy up, get that decoy up. And I was doing my best trying to get it staked in the ground, which would not go in the ground, like you said. All the rocks. We live in Montana, Rocky Mountains. So right. It's hard to find a spot to stake it, and you're chirping, and all of a sudden, he looks toward that decoy and just comes. And that decoy falls over. I set it up. And he's still coming. Most times, <laughs> you move that much, yep. man, the elk is out of there. They're gone. This is Red Merrill for Phoenix. Sorry about that. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so we're sitting there still. You're about four or five yards behind me still chirping. And 
and I'm still holding that decoy up with my bow in my hand and everything. And I said, man, I don't know how I'm going to hold this bow and shoot at this elk if he comes any closer and hold this decoy up at the same time. And it fell over two or three, <laughs> at least two or three times, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, I don't know what to do. And then finally, it gets within 60 yards, and I'm turning my body around and turning my body around and moving the decoy around and finally got it to stay in the ground enough. He gets within, what, 49 yards? Yep. And and I tried to draw, but I sitting on that ground, I got cramps in my side and I, where I was twisted. <laughs> And try, I think I would try to draw twice and could not do it until I finally stood up on one knee. I mean, literally stood up behind that decoy. And that elk never moved. Uh, yep. that elk never just looked at the decoy like, hmm, this is this is a mama that's moving around. I like that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, you know how it goes. You shoot and you see that arrow going and it just goes right underneath it. It's uh, heartbreaking, but yeah. actually seeing what happened. I was so excited that didn't even get mad about it. I was just like, man, can you believe that? He comes that far, over 200-some yards to that decoy. Yeah. No, it's awesome. Uh, and then you can go on Native by Carlton and check out the calls that we were using as well. Uh, but it is, yeah. it is, I promise you, um, I think it runs $109 or something like that on the website. But you know, all the money we put into our gear, I'm telling you, if you're elk hunting, you need this decoy. Very easy to pack, uh, much easier than all your other Montana-type decoys. This is a great, great decoy, easy to pack in, uh, yep. and, uh, yep. man, is so realistic for sure. Yep, and then the next day we had the same thing happen again, and, I mean, that bull was coming straight to us, but the echo from the calls just... Yeah, you know that happens. You know, and you learn lessons. You know, I mean, and I learned yep. a couple valuable ones on this hunt, but uh, but you right. learn lessons of what what works one time may not work again. And the setting work. settings different. Yep. Yes, sir. Yep, that's correct. Amen. Yep. Yeah. And then we got into the bear. Again, uh, heavy fog <laughs> set in, and about forty degrees, and uh, we were actually walking in, um, and. Russ was, I was walking behind Russ, and we were walking in a, uh, a mile or two in, and um, he stepped on something, and uh, I saw yeah. it, and then I stepped on something and felt the softness, turned around, and he goes, what was that? And we looked around, it was a rattlesnake laying there, and it was about mm -hmm. 40 degrees, and it was so cold for the rattlesnake that he just, it did, he didn't realize what was happening, thank goodness, and, um, and yeah. so... I mean, even after I stepped on him, it took him a second to move his head and move his body, and then uh, uh, he went to snake heaven. But uh, <laughs> yeah. but I, I hate snakes. I'll just I'll say that publicly. I hate snakes. And uh, but and that's man, another thing you got to be careful about yeah. too, especially here in Montana. Where Absolutely, I was a lot of rattlesnakes out there. But we you got in. Kyle came in later too. Remember? He oh yeah. Something about when he was coming up the hill, he about stepped on one too. So sure. And uh, and then, um, well, we got in set up, heavy fog set in, some rain, uh, wind was yep. blowing. And, um, you know, you can't get set up where you can't get a shot if the animal comes out in a place you don't expect. And that's kind of what I did, right. and I know better. And uh, <laughs> we had about a, I don't know, 
10-second opportunity, and, uh, man, I blew it. And, uh, boy, you learn lessons instead of just picking a rifle off a tripod and taking a shot, uh, which could have easily been done. I tried to take my left hand, move my tripod just a little bit, hit a bush, and my opportunity was gone. But we had a great time, and, um, you know, you learn something every time. But, boy, just a great experience out there in the woods. And so, you know, Man, I appreciate all the time you took with me, Russ, and uh, we're going to certainly do this We've again, and it. we're going to get into some turkey things. We we go up to Montana and hunt with Russ, and we're going to talk about some turkey and all that different thing, too, because I know a lot of people here in Colorado get up to Montana, and we'll try to share some good things there with you as well. So, man, I appreciate you being with us today, and, uh, and I'll be in touch with you. And I've enjoyed it. All right. All right. That's Russ Pruitt out of Red Lodge, Montana. And uh, we're going to go to the phones now. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, when Eubank is with Colorado Outdoor Sports, and one of the biggest things we hear from people we meet is no place to hunt, no place to go. And uh, they don't really have three or four days to go driving somewhere. Well, here's a place that's got the answers, and that's Colorado Outdoor Sports. You can check out their website, coloradooutdoorsports.com. Wynn, how are you, sir? I'm great, Scott. How are yourself? I'm good, man. Thanks for taking a few minutes and being with us. So, you know, man, it's been a while since you were on, and uh, so take a minute and tell us all about what Colorado Outdoor Sports has to offer. Colorado Outdoor Sports is a private property, do-it-yourself hunt club. We have about 20 different pieces of property with 30 different places that you can hunt. And by being a member, that allows you to reserve those spots either for an a.m., a p.m., or all day, to be able to hunt, and you're the only one that's allowed to be in that spot, basically giving you private land. And we really, really gear towards safety and the kids and helping helping the other hunters get out there and get into the game. So you really cover areas of uh, big game, waterfowl, a uh, little predator hunting probably, and fishing as well, right? Yep, we, we have some great fishing. We have some great um, – we, we're primarily ducking goose, but we also do cover the predator. We also do cover some big game. And uh, as you said, and then we have some of the best fishing you can ask for. Right. You can go to coloradooutdoorsports.com. Um, now, the number on the website, is that what you want to give out there, the 303-460? Yep. Okay, 303-460-0273. 303-460-0273. And uh, we've known one a long time and uh, highly – Highly recommend all the different services that he offers. And I think this is a, a little bit different. You and I were talking about this last night a little bit. I mean, this is something where, I mean, you don't do any guiding or anything like that. You That's just correct. provide the place. So if you're waterfowl hunting, you need your own decoys. <laughs> uh, you need your own stuff. This is a do-it-yourself kind of hunt, but you provide the property. And, and one of the really cool things is we use an online reservation system. And that online reservation system means that there's, there's no talking to somebody to find out. You can go look, you can see if a property is available, and if you click the button first at 5 a.m., you're the person who gets that property. It's just that simple. And, of course, we have a seven, you know, you can book that property seven days in advance. Um, the other thing is, as this world is changing um, and everything's becoming more technological, to, for, for anybody that wants to call, text me, a different number they need to use is 
Okay. That 460 number does not receive text. Okay, 720-300-9400, and that'll go That's right correct. to win, and uh, you can text him there for more information. And we will be, and uh, I know January sounds like a little ways away, but it'll be here before we know it. Uh, we will all be at the International Sportsman's Expo uh, for 2019. That is January 10th through the 13th. Now, there's a there's a membership, of course, so you've got a... Um, kind of a, an initiation fee, and then a monthly yep. kind of payment. So kind of explain how that works. So there's a 495 initiation, and then it's $99 a month, and you can pay that either monthly, quarterly, biannually, or annually to, uh, you know, some people like to just get it out of the way. There okay. are people, you know, to help, to help regulate their money, like to pay it monthly. Okay. If we got somebody interested, you got 495 for your initiation fee. Could we give them 100 bucks off of that if they call you? Mention Scott Watley and Sportsman Radio, and I will give you a hundred dollars off of that. All right, so three ninety-five is your down payment, and then just ninety-nine dollars a month, and you've got access to a ton of properties. And I would say some as close, uh, uh, I guess, let's say from from downtown Denver. You've got some as close. Twenty as minutes. Twenty minutes 20 away. Twenty minutes. Yeah. We 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 actually have a picture on our website of one of the guys leaving the office. He's still wearing his suit, but he has his waders on, and he shot ducks that day wow. in, that, in that capacity. Yeah. So, again, if you're looking for a place to hunt, may you want to get a group of guys, get a group of buddies, ladies, whatever, get you a group together, get with Win. He'll take good care of you. And great water. We, we even have, we have guys that um, once they meet through the club, you know, and they're looking to get some help. Now, of course, they have to work at this a little bit. It's not as simple as, you know, everybody's going to jump on board. But if they join and then they hit up the club and say, hey, I could use some help learning more about this, learning how to do this or learning how to do that, we got guys that jump in and they help out, and they'll they'll take you out a little bit. You know, like I said, there's no guiding, so nobody's guided, but there are other members that are willing to go out. And, and next thing you know, you guys are good friends, and now I got guys that, are good friends to a point that you can't separate them. Sure. But they met through they met through the club. Right. And you look at all the different things with leases and all, and, I mean, I grew up in Texas. Of course, a lot of states are uh, have a ton of different leases. And, I mean, you may pay five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 a gun just to go back to the same property every time, and usually only one species or something there, you know? Correct. Yeah. Correct. So here you've got access to a lot of different properties, all just right around here in the in the whole metro area. And then what other, do you have some in, like, Nebraska as well? We have a little bit in Nebraska for pheasant. Okay. And we have uh, a little bit in Nebraska for whitetail. We have some in Wyoming um, for antelope. And, of course, we work with Quentin Smith from QRS, one of your big advertisers. Right. And he helps us out with cow hunts in Meeker. And in, uh, well, it used to be in Walden, not anymore. Uh, but we got the ones in Meeker. And then um, we've got we've got a property for big game in Idaho Springs and Pagosa Springs, and then we've got property for ducks and geese in Wiggins, Sedgwick, Orchard, um, Fort Lupton. We've got a mile of the Platte River, Three Ponds, um, cornfields in Johnstown, another pond in Johnstown, you know, and lots of opportunities. And and you know, one of the biggest questions guys always ask. You know, 
how many members you got? We got 130 members, but over 30 of them are fishing only. Okay. And um, then the next question is, and everybody wants to know, when do you get jammed up? You know, when when can you not get a reservation? First weekend of duck season and the last weekend of duck season for the same reason. I got to get out there. I haven't been out there. Sure. You know, and then, you know, if they don't go, they want to go the first weekend and they then they say they're going to go, they say they're going to go, they don't go out. And so the last weekend they get jammed up again. Right. And right. there's only two times, really. Yeah. Well, again, folks, this is a great deal. I mean, four ninety five down and ninety nine a month's a great deal. But when's kind enough to give us a hundred bucks off? All you got to do is mention. Uh, you mentioned me. You can mention Sportsman Colorado. Uh, he'll take great care of you. And his number again. You can even shoot him a text if you'd like seven two zero three hundred ninety four hundred. And their website is coloradooutdoorsports.com. Well, you and I and Quentin were actually talking last night, and I just finished a conversation with a gentleman I was hunting with in Montana a little bit more about this. I, I was listening. Oh, the bear. Uh, story yeah. and all. Uh, your thoughts on uh, kind of a reminder for all of us to be more aware of our surroundings in the woods, for sure. Absolutely, and 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 be prepared and be safe. You know, and just and just like you've already said, and you're going to talk to this other guy coming up. You know, safety is important. Just be prepared. And yes, should you have should you carry a pistol when you're archery hunting? It's not a bad idea. Make sure you carry enough caliber. Don't be carrying a nine millimeter. All you're going to do is piss that bear off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, until and, until until you get right to you know right on top of it. Sure. You know, you know. But um, something to think about there is in in regards to bears, definitely. And I think just having you know, a plan. You know, I mean, hey, you get together. We're all buddies. Yeah. I know you're an experienced hunter. You know, I'm an experienced hunter. But you know what? I mean, you know, there's a guy. Is the guy really familiar with handguns a lot? Is he familiar with a semi-automatic or whatever, you know, and just getting right. to know and then having a plan, especially when we're talking about processing animals and you're in any kind of bear country, mountain lion country, whatever. I mean, anything can happen. And, I, um, you know, as we were talking last night, I mean, you know, you get that kill, you're excited, you're you're talking with your buddies, you're you're reminiscing about things. And I've seen us all, you know, take all the stuff off your gear, lay your gun over the side because you know you're about to get bloody and processing an animal yep. and you know you're you're not that's the last thing in the world you're thinking of exactly yeah but yeah we get, we got to be prepared for that for sure and, and like and like your other guy just said we always say it's not going to be us it's not going to happen to us and if it does happen it's going to be a millisecond it's going to be like wow yep no absolutely Again, give Win a call. It's Colorado Outdoor Sports, coloradooutdoorsports.com. His number, 720-300-9400. Hey, if you're frustrated, hadn't been able to find places to go hunt and fish, this is the ticket right here, 720-300-9400. Win, thanks, bud. I'll let you go, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. They can also find us on Facebook and ask for references. Okay, man. That sounds good, bud. Have a good day. All right. All right. This segment was brought to you by our friends at Green Mountain Guns. You can check them out at GreenMountainGuns.com. They're located at 3355 South Yarrow Street in Lakewood. Uh, they have consignment firearms there, new firearms. Um, they've got some real budget firearms there. Uh, boy, if you're looking just to spend a couple of hundred bucks on a firearm, they've got some great deals there. On their website, GreenMountainGuns.com, they've got some featured firearms uh, that you can find some great deals there. They do estate sales. If you've got a uh, maybe several guns that you're just wanting to um, make a one-time purchase, uh, Mike there, um, he will treat you right. 
and uh, take care of you there. So, again, that's Green Mountain Guns. Also, if you get out to Tanner Gun Show, uh, Aaron Casey's going to join us next. Uh, they got the Tanner Gun Show today and tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday. And also our good friend Dave Prophets out there with American Heroes in Action. Stay with us. We've got more right here on Sportsman of Colorado Radio. This is Red Merrill for Phoenix Weaponry. Phoenix Weaponry is a weapon manufacturer that services the firearm enthusiast. From precision ARs to suppressors, Phoenix Weaponry can make your dreams come true. Phoenix Weaponry is a full-service gun shop that offers gunsmithing, coating, and modifications to your own weapon. Phoenix Weaponry, family-owned and operated right here in Colorado. If you can dream it, Phoenix Weaponry can build it. Call today, 720-340-2496. Again, that's 720-340-2496. Or visit their website, phoenixweaponry.com. Mention Sportsman of Colorado and receive 10% off your custom-built weapon. For almost 10 years, hunters have relied on Onyx to help navigate public and private land boundaries across the country. Onyx Hunt is the only tool comprised of more than 400 countrywide maps that gives clear private and public land boundaries, trails, hunting-specific data, and more. New map layers are constantly being added by pairing with some of the leading names in conservation and the outdoor industry, like the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, Boone and Crockett Club, and Eastman's. Whether it's on your smartphone or handheld GPS, make the most of your precious time in the field by navigating with Onyx Hunt. Ladies, I know you're tired of walking into the local gun store and seeing the same old thing. So let me tell you about Rampart Firearms. Just a quarter mile up Highway 67 off of Santa Fe and Sedalia, you will find a great selection of guns, ammo, tactical, and personal defense weapons. And if you or your spouse love to hunt, Rampart Firearms is a great stop for all of your hunting needs. Shotguns, rifles, pistols, anything from predator hunting to your next big game trip. Head to Rampart Firearms at the foot of the Rockies. Open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And you will only pay a 4% tax on your purchase. RampartFirearms.com, 720-468-0050. That's 720-468-0050. Rush to Reason with John Rush. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. Hope everyone is having a great, great weekend. Reminder now, you can catch us on Sundays as well. If you miss our live show here on Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. On Sundays, we re-air at 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. We are not here for your calls, but uh, hope you can enjoy the show there. And then, of course, if you miss us totally, you can check us out at sportsmanofcolorado.com and our website there and check out our podcast. And we have all of our shows listed there. We're going to go to the phones now. Now, the last couple of weeks, you heard a, a part one, a part two interview I did with Jerry Whited. Jerry, uh, unfortunately, was in town uh, due to a very severe accident for his son, Joey, which is still um, still in the woods, we may say, uh, with health and all the different things. He had a dirt bike accident, and uh, our thoughts and prayers are certainly with Jerry still and his family. And um, Warren Cotts. And Warren, uh, first of all, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with us. Well, thank you, Scott. And uh, I guess you're you're the the main one that started this uh, page that we talked about with Jerry of hunting in Colorado. Yeah, it started at uh, October eighth of last year, 
to uh, kind of clean up some of these, uh, what I read in other hunting groups. I'm not going to go with names, but just to keep it simple to help other hunters and uh, keep the uh, insults and what have you out of it. Yeah, and, you know, it is something we get, you know, of course, a lot of out-of-state hunters and all the different things, but I think everybody needs to remember we all had our first time, too, and we all had our questions early on, and if it hadn't been for somebody helping us, hey, we may not be where we are today and, you know, having a little bit of the knowledge that we have and getting out to enjoy it. So, no, that's been great, and Jerry went did a good job explaining how, you know, hey, anybody can ask any question, and uh, you got a lot of good admins, it sounds like, that police the site and uh, try to get everybody uh, the help they need. But I wanted to check with you. Well, first of all, let's go back into your background a little bit and, you know, what got you into the outdoors and uh, some of your experiences as uh, different things you've done. Well, start about age nine, uh, living on a ranch here in southwest Colorado. I always wanted to be a big game guide all my life, and it started when I was about nine. And finally, at the ripe old age of... Uh, 21, I had a public license and went up to Alaska and uh, Bill Pinnell and Morris Tallis and Island hired me on. I started guiding on Kodiak Island for uh, Pinnell and Tallison. And uh, we also guided up in the Brooks Range for uh, moose, caribou, sheep, goat, and grizzly. Wow. And I wanted to branch out, so I wanted to specialize in doll sheep, so I went up into the Wrangell Mountains and started guiding there. And, uh, of course, I guy for moose and caribou, grizzly, the whole bit. And then uh, that started in the early 60s in uh, Alaska. Jack Lee of Lee's Air Service in Anchorage wanted me to become his lead guide, guide for bear anymore. So I became his lead guide and uh, took took all his bear hunters out. Plus, we hunted all the other big game, caribou, moose, and uh, sheep and goat. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally reached a... They just uh, started almost decimating the herds of caribou. Everybody wanted to be a big game hunter. And I went up there to be, you know, to get away from it all. It was the last frontier when I went up there. But it kind of changed, and I finally left. Right. Well, that, you had to be a, a lot of great experiences there in Alaska. I mean, boy, you talk about a beautiful place. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. The, uh, well, in the wintertime, I trapped. Very seldom ever went into town. I had really no use for going into town except to get supplies and trapping supplies. So from actually the 1st of November to long up into March, I would trap and then head down to Kodiak Island in the spring to start the spring bear hunts. Oh, wow. So, you know, recently, and uh, you were uh, kind enough to let us post something on uh, the site about it, but uh, uh, actually a family friend of mine, Mark Upton, was a guide in Wyoming and was recently attacked by uh, some grizzlies while he was guiding an archery hunter out of Florida, and uh, unfortunately Mark lost his life with this. And um, I wanted to kind of pick your brains a little bit and let you talk about, and you posted something on the page there, kind of some safety tips when we are hunting. And, uh, boy, just a, uh, an awful way to get a reminder, but I think it is a very good reminder for all of us. I think a lot of times when we are successful and we have a kill and we'll just say elk or deer or whatever, and uh, usually you're pretty happy and you, you kind of relax then. And, boy, I mean, I've done it a million times where then you 
kind of get all your gear off of you a little bit and start processing the animal and start reminiscing about the stories already. But, boy, this is just a great reminder of you need to be careful out there. So take just a minute and kind of talk about some of the tips that you would give for, um, you know, hunting here. Well, as far as hunting in bear country, uh, one thing I've always done up in Alaska, down here, anywhere there was bear country is uh, when I got a kill to if it was in high brush, uh, I would post flags around the area so I could see it from the distance. But the primary thing is I always watch the birds around the kill site. And if the birds are high up and not darting down to pick up tidbits in a meal there, there's a good chance there's a bear or a lion or something laying on that kill. Mm-hmm. But if you watch the birds... And they're dead. all of them are darting down, coming back up, you know, getting their meals. Then the chances are there's nothing on the kill. But bear are sometimes known to lay off at a distance, especially if the kill's in the sun and they want to shade on a hot day, they could lay off at a distance. So anytime you have a kill, whether it's in the open or high brush, I strongly suggest that you make noise as you're approaching that kill site. And one thing I always did, especially in Alaska, when we were in grizzly country, is I'd start yelling out, hey, bear, about 10 or 15 seconds just to let them know we're coming. Right. But then you have to be aware that you never know from which you're going to come. So just don't focus your attention on the kill site. And with the drought in Colorado, the way it is, I've noticed, I was reading a report uh, this morning from Colorado State University Extension Center that uh, a lot more bear are coming into the suburban areas or even becoming more aggressive because of the shortage of food. You know, there's no berries or acorns in this drought area. So you could have a bear laying in any direction and come at you from any direction. Mm-hmm. So you have to be fully aware. And one thing, a thrill of a kill can uh, take people's awareness away from this. Sure. And if you're tired and sweaty and hot from backpacking, your mind doesn't, you know, your mind gets away from that awareness. And even though there may not be a bear within five miles, you just got to be prepared. Because even black bear, especially during a drought, can be a little bit on the dangerous side. And we've got some fatalities here in Colorado. From one up at Uray where a woman was killed and partially eaten. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, you know, this case, uh, they, they had, uh, actually it was last Friday night, they had uh, a gentleman from Florida was successful with his archery kill, and uh, they just couldn't locate the elk that night, and so they went back Saturday morning. And uh, when they approached, uh, all reports say this, when they approached the elk, you know, um, nothing had been on it. So it sounds like what you're saying makes sense. These bears were laying back, these grizzlies, and uh, and then when they got in there on them um, on to, to process the elk, that's when the bears came in a hurry. So, you know, I think it's a great reminder, too, because, I mean, you probably know a lot of guys that go out by themselves, too, and, boy, you know... <laughs> I think just a lot of reasons there, your own medical safety, twist an ankle, break a leg, do whatever. Uh, and But then when it comes to processing game like this, boy, you sure would want, want some help there with you. Yeah, it's absolutely right. And uh, I'd like to mention there, Scott, that, that's 
read and heard a lot about this guy that ran the client. And it's hard to be an armchair quarterback on this because no, no one really it, yeah. knows what's yeah no one knows what's going to happen when a you know when a bear grizzly black whatever's in a full door charge towards you. Sure, it's unnerving. I mean, it's oh, just, I'm sure <laughs> your your first instinct is to want to run. I had a little sow grizzly with a one year old cub come after me in July of '68, and your feet want to run off without you, mm-hmm. but you can't do it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Now, what do you recommend? Do you normally, um, if you've got the enough guys there with you, where somebody's working on animal, have somebody else kind of just stand and watch, kind of guard? Is that really the best? The, the you know, the best way to do it? Yeah, if there's two of you there, I mean, one person can load two pack frames up while one person's looking around, even when I'm you know, hunting solo and get a deer down for me. You know, I'm constantly looking around me. And it's just a force of habit. But it's good for another person just to stand and watch. I mean, we had an encounter here a while back. I read about of a lion approaching in a uh, bow hunter hiding behind a tree. So it's always good to have a second hunter look around. You never know if a bear is going to walk up on you or a lion or whatever. It's just a good safety practice. Sure. And one thing that uh, I trained uh, under more of Stallison on Cody, Jack, and he always ingrained in my head that the number one uh, killer from there is carelessness. And I've never forgot that. And it is carelessness that mm-hmm. gets you. You know, it may, the chances are, you know, really odd of it ever happening, but you just can't take that chance as this guy found out. Sure. Warren Cotts is our guest. Again, Warren is with the page. Hunting in Colorado on Facebook. And, boy, if you're looking for a good group to come part of, um, have a little bit of a process to go through to become a member there. They just want to make sure they're right. Got the right folks in the group and willing to help others. So check out their page. It's Hunting in Colorado. And, um, again, just a a great group, and we're proud to be a a part of it with them. So what are you hearing about the fires around? Um, are you finding some areas from just what you're hearing how they're going to be really affecting this uh, rifle season's coming up? Well, it could because no one really knows what these fires and especially the drought that are doing to the habitat you know, of the wildlife mm-hmm. or their migratory routes changing. And with our drought, we've got a lot of rivers that are that are dropping real low. They're even closing off fishing to them. Natural ponds are drying up. So, sure, it's going to change the natural habitat of these animals. And more fires, or newer fires, I should say, are cropping up in northern Colorado. We have one still going here just west of me, the Bull Draw Fire. It's now about 32,000 acres. And they're still not contained. Right. Yeah, that's going to have an impact. There's people seeing elk where they've never seen them before. And uh, it's going to be a hit-and-miss proposition. And with the drought and very little feed, which is having an impact on the you know the calf and fawn crop this year, mm-hmm. there's going to be uh, problems with, with, with the young ones. You know they're going to be more uh, susceptible to predation, to disease, and what have you. So... It's an interesting year, and if we get a heavy winter, I'd look for a heavy winter kill. Yes, sir. Um, 
Again, Warren Cotts is with us, hunting in Colorado. Check out that Facebook page. Uh, any updates as of uh, right now with uh, Jerry's son, Joey, here in the hospital? Yeah. Uh, Jerry called me yesterday. Uh, little Joey has been transferred to the main hospital ICU over to I- pediatrics ICU. He's having some leg movement. He's blinking his eyes. Wow. starting to get some reaction. It's going to take a few weeks to get that uh, that medicine that, you know, uh, induced him into a sure. coma. It's going to take a while to get that out of his body. Right. But uh, it sounds like he's coming along good. The prognosis is good, and the doctors are saying he's ahead of schedule. Wow. Well, that's great, and boy, our thoughts and prayers are sure with him and family and the doctors, nurses, and all that, but it sounds like... Uh, He's been receiving the utmost medical care there, so you know we're glad to hear that. Well, yeah, he's quite a little guy. I've hunted with him, and uh, yeah. it's really a joy to be out with him. Yeah, you know, I went by the hospital and saw him, and boy, it's just something when you see a young man laying there, so you know, healthy looking on the outside, and just you know, uh, and boy, just realize, boy, these head injury like this, uh, boy, can just be very devastating. So, hope everyone is extra careful out there in this hunting season. A lot of guys do ATVs and all that, and they get kind of careless on those and not put on a helmet and all the different things. And, boy, we just want everybody to be really safe this hunting season for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Warren, hey, man, we appreciate it, and uh, we will try to make our paths cross here in the near future so we can meet in person. But thanks for being with us here a few minutes today. All right. Thank you, Scott. I enjoyed talking to you. All right. That's Warren Cotts. Once again, check out their Facebook page, Hunting in Colorado. And uh, if you'd like to become a member of that, just simply shoot them an email there and uh, go through their little process, and uh, it'll be a great group for you to be a part of. You're listening to Sportsman of Colorado. we got to take a short break. We'll be back with more right after this. If you're looking for great deals on outdoor equipment and clothing, we've got you covered. Hi, this is Bill Paddock, owner of the Outdoorsman's Attic, your outdoor gear consignment headquarters. You'll save 20, 30, 40, even 50% on previously owned outdoor gear for the fisherman, hunter, and camper. We also sell live bait, firearms, and ammo. If you're doing a little spring cleaning, bring in your gear to the Outdoorsman's Attic. We'll sell it for you and put cash in your pocket. You can also pick up your hunting and fishing licenses right here at the store. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor gear needs is the Outdoorsman's Attic, located at 2650 West Hampton Avenue in Sheridan, Colorado. 303-781-3626. That's 303-781-3626. Or visit us online at outdoorsmansattic.com. Mention Sportsman's of Colorado and receive 20% off all your outdoor clothing. Hi, this is Scott Watley. Let me tell you what I love about Stack Optical. They are truly one of the last optician-owned, family-owned optical stores. At Stack Optical, you can be confident you'll receive personal attention. For over 50 years, Alan Stack has shown he really cares about making his customers happy. Stack Optical also has a beautiful new location at 2233 South Monaco Parkway in Denver. Free and easy up-close parking. Stack Optical has an on-site eyeglass production lab. Whether you need office eyewear or a new set of shooting or golf glasses, Stack Optical has the solution with the Stack Sport Pack. Give them a call today and ask for their $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. That's 303-321-1578. Your eyes and vision are one of the most important things in life. I'm confident at Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. That's 303-321-1578, stackoptical.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560.
Welcome back to Sportsman Colorado again. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is a Tanner Gun Show weekend. That'll be going on today and tomorrow. Hope you'll get down and see our friends Phoenix Weaponry. And with that, we're going to join Aaron Casey live from there now. Aaron, how are you, sir? Doing good. You guys? We're doing great. Doing great. I just, as uh, we were talking a little bit before we came on air today, I just got back from Montana on a little bear hunt. Uh, the score would be bear one, me zero. But uh, uh, we had a good time, and boy, I tell you, um, you hadn't had a chance to get up Montana, and I realize this is Sportsman of Colorado, and we live in a beautiful state, but I'm telling you, we were just in Red Lodge, Montana, and just a beautiful, beautiful area, and uh, got into a lot of elk up there, and man, there are deer everywhere up there. I have never seen so many deer in all my life that are in Red Lodge, Montana, but just a beautiful spot. But So you guys are at Tanner Gun Show, and... Um, that is on today and tomorrow. And so what are some of the uh, guns you'll be showing there? And I'm sure you probably bring a few suppressors to show off as well. Yeah, we'll have our full contingent of suppressors, everything from 50 cal down to 22. Um, so all those will be there all for you to play with, take apart and look at, look at the insides. And then we'll have um, a, a Jane and a Lexi down there to, to purchase, an Eliza shotgun. And then, of course, we'll have like a 4570, and you know we have our other normal stuff that we take out to the show that's been in magazines and things like that. Sure. Has it? I mean, uh, I'm sure it's been a little bit of a, a a surprise, but man, when you've worked so hard as you've worked, but it's amazing about all these different magazines. And it seems like over the last you know year, especially, I've really, really picked up. When you think about all the different gun manufacturers out there and how they picked up on Phoenix Weaponry. So, man, congrats with all that. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been uh, it was pretty crazy. After a SHOT Show last year, um, we had the 4570 out there, and uh, the Internet bloggers came by, and they were playing with it and looking at it, and then it uh, picked up, and Recoil was actually one of the first people to call us, and they actually just asked if they could use the gun for a while for a hunt. So we got that out there to them, and then it's been like that ever since. Um, and then most of the, you know, most of the time when you see these articles in magazines, people actually write the article. You know, the companies write the article for the magazines. We're we're not doing that. They just call us up and ask if they can borrow the stuff, and we send it out to them, and they write the articles. We provide them with ammo and a gun, and and then uh, you know we're getting some really good reviews. Absolutely. Again, Aaron Casey is with us. Phoenix Weaponry Tanner Gun Show weekend. It'll be there today and tomorrow. If you get by, be sure and stop by the booth. Mention you heard Aaron here on Sportsman of Colorado, and you may be hearing our show on Sunday at nine a.m. or four p.m. Four p.m. You better hurry. Uh, but uh, if you're listening yeah, yeah. at nine a.m., uh, get on down there and see him. Or of course, here on our live show Saturdays one to two. They're located at eighteen twenty-two Skyway Drive in Longmont. You know, a lot of things, um, a buddy was telling me the other day, he had bought some magazines, and I don't know if I forgot what brand he told me or whatever, but he's sitting there shooting, and, you know, they slid out of his gun a couple of times, and not, yep. not a gun from you, whatever. So I thought we'd yep. give a little bit of tips today on, you know, mags, and, uh, and then I want to get into ammo just a little bit because, you know, uh, I mean, I had a deal once where there's just a certain brand did not fire well in my rifle. Um, yeah, so I remember I want, that one. Yeah, <laughs> I want to. I want to get into that a little bit too. But but talk about the mags a little bit, and then how you guys go about you know uh, promoting which ones. And well, mostly we when we build our weapons, we build it around um, a specific magazine that we want to use. Um, so what we try to do is that you know there's a lot of tolerances and everything that are built up throughout the entire gun 
then there's tolerances that the magazine manufacturers have and and sometimes those don't play all that nice together you know if you have a magazine catch that's maybe at the bottom of its tolerance and then you have a mag at, that's at the small end of its tolerance you could literally have it you could never have it catch so a lot of times it's it's best just to try to see if you can get the mags to fit right off the bat before you go out in the field um, make sure everything functions properly uh, most mag manufacturers out there right now are, are doing pretty well getting very good consistency um, most everybody's favorite is you know Magpul is pretty much the leading the charge right uh, we use hex mag a lot because they were based out of colorado here we had a pretty good partnership with them um but you know they had some early problems with some of their early mags that they uh you know full warranty you know it's you know they took care of it but and nobody seems to remember when you know Magpul had some early problems either but you know it's been a long time ago sure so it's mostly just making sure that before you get out in the field or anything like that, you just, you know, buy a mag, make sure it fits right, and then, you know, go buy some more. Or most gun, reputable gun shops will give you back your money if it doesn't fit your gun, you know. It won't, mm-hmm. be, a, won't be a terrible tragedy, you know. But if you open up all 30 of them and they're all open, then, yeah, it'll, <laughs> it's a little tough to, to, you know, sell them back as new, so. Sure. And that's why, you know, I always tell people it shows, and, again, we're, promoting the Tanner Gun Show, not necessarily the Tanner Gun Show, just promoting early Phoenix weaponry being there. But uh, anyone can buy a booth. Anyone can um, throw items up on a table and sell them, and most time they're as is, all the different things there. So just you need to be careful when you go in and, uh, a lot of these shows and buying things, and whether it be Tanner or anywhere else in the United States. I mean, anybody can buy a booth. And there's a lot of factory seconds, you know, that float around, and everybody's looking for a bargain, you know. And, you know, if it's a fun toy, then, yeah, Bargains are great, you know, but if you're going to go waste money on a on a rather large hunting trip to go find a black bear up in Montana and all the hours <laughs> gone and you've never sighted in your rifle and you right. don't know if the mags work or anything like that, you know, it's, uh, the bargains will catch up with you in a in a giant hurry, you know. Sure, absolutely. So talk about ammo a minute. And, uh, I mean, good night. There are tons of, you know, ammo folks at different shows around. And so, and again, we're not trying to hurt anybody's business or cut them down. We're just trying to give you some good tips to think about. So um, when it comes to ammo, and I guess depending on the rifle, I mean, again, you guys got the Ferraris that you build, uh, but uh, how do you go about getting the right ammo for your rifle? Um, usually when you buy a rifle from us, we already have uh, recommendations for you. Um, we run a lot of Horn Day. Uh, we run a lot of uh, federal gold medal match stuff. But, you know, it's it's just really matters whether it's a – um, a plinking weapon, a home defense weapon, a hunting weapon. They all need different ammo. Um, remanufactured ammunition is, is usually made out of once-fired brass that is sold from the indoor shooting ranges or outdoor shooting ranges, and then they, you know, reload it for you. Um, and, you know, there is, there is some risk that comes along with that. You have, to be, you have to be kind of careful if you start seeing signs of pressure in your primers. You know, primers are popping out the back end of the, of the shell. And that's all signs of overpressure or maybe even, you know, the ammunition has been loaded too many times. So, unfortunately, with some of the remanufactured ammo, you have to be kind of careful because you don't know how many times certain shells have been loaded because it's just bulk, you know, dropped in. If sure. you're hand-loading yourself, you know, I usually mark my cases, uh, keep them all separate, and, you know, I only reload like two, three times on my certain cases because after that you start to have wall thinning. But, you know, if you're buying remanufactured with no real uh, repercussions, really, you know, in, in factory ammo, you know, we'll have some overpressures from time to time. You know, you got to be just, we're, we're trying to control an, an explosion and put it down range in an accurate manner. And, 
you know, the more accurate the powder load is, the more accurate the brass is, the more accurate the primer is, the better off your, you know, the better off your gun is generally going to shoot. At least it'll be consistent. Absolutely. So, um, you know, when we're, if we're building a match gun for somebody, you know, we'll be talking to them about how how many weight bullet they want to run, how far away they're shooting, and then we try to get them the proper, proper toy. You know, if I'm going up hunting, you know, elk and stuff, I run about 180, 200 grain bullet. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll buy, you know, nozzlers or um, some of the barns or, you know, Sierras, you know, the, the ballistic tips. And, you know, those have all their own properties. And I usually try to find the round that shoots the best out of my personal gun. So I'll go buy a box of, you know, two to three different brands with all the bullet weights I want. And I'll just go out to the range and see which one she groups the best. Sure. That's the one I pick for the gun. Right. So there is a lot of choices, lots of choices. Absolutely. We'll get by and see Aaron uh, and his group there, Phoenix Weaponry. They'll be at the Tanner Gun Show today and tomorrow. Uh, if you can't make that, get up and see them in Longmont. Just a quick drive out of Denver. They're 1822 Skyway Drive. Their number is 720-340-2496, 720-340-2496. And you check out their website at phoenixweaponry.com. Also at the show, we want to touch on this real quick. You know, you'll find a lot of guys selling parts to ARs and, you know, a lot of People are into building their own AR. Take just a minute and um, talk about, you know, hey, yeah, it's cool. That's why you do it, because it's cool to do, build guns. But there's got to be some uh, dangers (laughs) as well um, when you maybe think you know what you're doing and don't really know what you're doing, and you're just putting parts in there that you all hope work. So uh, what are some tips on guys that are kind of into building their own? Um, you know, mostly you're looking for the quality of the parts. Um, if it seems if it seems too cheap to be true, it probably is. There's a lot of import stuff coming in uh, the country. We're seeing many failures with the hammers on tr- on the trigger system breaking off flush uh, that people bring us to fix for them. Uh, we've seen bolt catches that have snapped off. We're seeing bolt carrier group failures, which usually will end up detonating the upper. Um, you know, can hurt you a bit as well, but you do need to watch your quality of parts, where it came from, and, you know, and really watch the fit and finish and make sure everything looks proper. Uh, if it doesn't look right, you know, the machining looks kind of rough or, you know, things don't look right, you probably best just avoid it. Um, and then when you're all done assembling your AR, you know, we'd be more than happy to, you know, headspace it. Most gun shops will charge you a little bit to, to headspace your weapon, make sure you're safe. Um, that way you don't have an out-of-battery, you know, detonation or anything like that. But the one thing that most people seem to skip is the head spacing of their, uh, of their home-built weapons, which, you know, that's how I got into building guns myself was I was, you know, my dad and I would pick up surplus World War II, World War I guns. We'd refinish them, we'd rebuild them, clean them, blue them, and put triggers in them and do all sorts of stuff to them, and then we'd, you know, go out and use them. Right, but you know, there you you have to have the you know we always headspaced our stuff to make sure that we didn't have something go wrong when you know you lose lose a, a body part. You know that's really the most important thing is not to lose any pieces of you. So it's you know watching for deals that are too good to be true. Why are they too good to be true? And then you know the fit and finish of the parts are they are they look clean? Are they well machined? Does it look right? And then when you're all done assembling, making sure everything went went together as it was intended. If you have to beat your trigger pins in, things are something's wrong. Either, you know, your trigger pins are too big or your lower's out of spec. Um, a lot of people are cutting their own eighty percent lowers now, uh, with jigs and drill presses and all sorts of hmm. other stuff. You just gotta 
make sure all your holes are in the right spot. Make sure your safety functions properly. You know, make sure your sear engagement is right. Uh, that way it doesn't fire when it's unsafe. Um, you know, there's all sorts of, you know, safety issues. But, yeah, you really want to make sure that your headspace is good and make sure you're going to have a safe gun to shoot. But it's, it's a great hobby. There's lots of parts out there. There's lots of great companies making parts, and there's some other people that are, you know, preying on people's ignorance, and they're, you know, eventually they're going to get somebody hurt. Sure. But, you know, most of the time if you take a good hard look at it, you know, you will see, you know, that it doesn't look like it should, you know. Right. Aaron Casey is with us again, Phoenix Weaponry. They're at the Tanner Gun Show today and tomorrow. Get by and see them. Mitch and you heard him here on Sportsman of Colorado, and it's hard to give kind of a, a total blanket discount depending on what you're wanting to do and what you're wanting to build, what you're wanting to buy. But I promise you, if you'll mention the show, Aaron will do something special for you. If you can't make it this weekend, get up and see them in Longmont at their um, uh, factory there, and Aaron will take you through and take you for a tour and show you how they do it all. So 720 720- Three four zero two four nine six seven two zero three four zero two four nine six. And you check out the website phoenixweaponry.com. Last, I want to mention you're also uh, glad to say going to be uh, just a few booths down from us at the January, and it'll be here before we know it. International Sportsman's Expo. So I, it's going to bring in a whole new flavor because they're excited to have you too. I was talking with uh, John Kirk, communications director, this morning a little bit, and he said, you know, we've never really had a a, a real manufacturer of guns there so they're they're looking forward to having you there as well so that's going to be cool yeah we'll have our full trade show booth out there you know the full the full show like what we do for nra or shot so it'll be it'll be pretty fun it'll be good to see all the local people and kind of show people what we look like at a national show instead of a a quick uh you know weekend show at the tanner or the pe gun shows sure and yeah if anybody wants to check us out on facebook social media Instagram, we're all over that stuff. You can see videos of our guns running, machine gun shoots, all sorts of stuff. So you know, check out our social media. Well, good, man. Hey, I'll let you get back to it, and I appreciate you being with us, and I'll catch up with you soon. Look forward to it. Maybe we can get out hunting some prairie dogs or something soon. Absolutely. That'd be fun. <laughs> Aaron Casey, Phoenix Weaponry, phoenixweaponry.com, 720-340-2496. want to thank all of our guests today. Thank Aaron for being with us. Get out Tanner Gun Show and see him. I promise you he'll take care of you. Hope you have a great, safe weekend, and thanks for being with us today on Sportsman of Colorado.